This episode is powered by data storytelling training from Untold Content and Data Plus Science. Transform your data into powerful visual stories by learning best practices in data visualization and technical storytelling. Whether you're a Power BI or a Tableau person, or you just want to better communicate your insights, this workshop will inspire you to see the stories that lie within your data. Learn more at untoldcontent.com slash data storytelling training. Welcome to Untold Stories of Innovation, where we amplify untold stories of insight, impact, and innovation. Powered by Untold Content, I'm your host, Katie Trout-Taylor. We're excited to have two guests today, Dan Carruthers and Adam Plyman. Dan is CEO of Gwyn Sound, and Adam Plyman is creative director. And the two work together with brands, art, well, not just the two of them. They have an entire team an of entire team. creative uh, sonic engineers, sonic artists um, who work with brands, artists, and creatives to create and capture sonic works that leave a lasting emotional impression. I am so thrilled to have you on the podcast to talk about sonic identity and its role in brand identity and the role that it could play in innovation stories. Thanks for being here. Yeah, we're happy to be here. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So tell me, what is sonic identity? Your sonic identity, think about it as it relates to your a brand's visual identity. So we've defined the color palette and we've defined um, logos and how we communicate um emotion and your brand character through your visual identity. So a logo isn't you're just a red square. That red square typically signifies and communicates something pretty specific to your brand. Take everything that you know about visual identity and it will translate for the most part into sound. The broadest goal of the sonic identity is to create a tighter emotional connection to your consumer. Um, music does that amazingly well. We always say around here that music tells us how to feel. It doesn't ask. You can convey an emotion far faster through music than you can um, through copy, than you can, um, than you than you would be able through through possibly a visual. Uh, but within a few seconds, you can make that emotion be understood by your listener and convey that to them. If you do it well, you make them feel it, right? So yes. I, there's there's always moments around here where we always aim for tears in the uh, in the studios but yeah so your sonic identity is is that representation that's incredible that's i think there's so much focus there's so many creative agencies out there focused on brand identity and the aural sound experience of consumers or customers that's not necessarily something that's as amplified i think among the creative uh community so you know, tell me a little bit about this space. It's 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 so interesting that um, to me, I, it doesn't make sense that that's not a critical part of a brand identity. In the same way that I that our team at Untold thinks about a content strategy as yeah. a critical part oh, yeah. of brand identity, um, and and thinking of that from the perspective of point of view and tone and um, how you want your brand to sound in the content that's created, and. And yeah, this to me, it seems like another limb. It's critical. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I think people don't realize that they need it until they experience a pain, you know, so they don't, if, from a content side, they start writing and they start 
they start putting out what would be a cluttered amount of articles that are not the same tone of voice, that aren't coming from the same person. They don't feel like the brand, but they don't really understand that that's an issue until they find out that they're not that effective, possibly, Mm -hmm. or that there might be a better way to establish themselves with higher credibility over their, you know, over their competitive set and get get out in front of them that way by by just unifying their voice. Similar thing with sound. So whether that's music in ads or um, you mentioned sounds that might sort of be part of the retail experience. I'm also thinking we've talked before about the the sounds and sort of the the sonic experience inside of technology or apps or products that are being created. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm especially thinking of the world um, of smart devices and Bluetooth devices and this connected world that we're seeing more and more people yeah. um, expect as consumers. And boy, if the if the sounds in that grate you or it doesn't jive, it doesn't make sense, whether that's in the ad or inside the sort of physical space or on these products that we're sort of carrying around with us, it can be jarring, confusing, and sort of disintegrate trust in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. So we call that Sonic UX, the Sonic user experience when it comes to the product developments. There's definitely a responsibility in Sonic Identity. And it comes with a smart strategy. And and it it starts there because you can't close your ears, but you can close (laughs) your eyes. If you're completely getting bombarded with billboard after billboard and ads, and they're kind of following you around, what happens is there's a thing that's that's banner blindness, right? So a consumer will scroll past an ad and through use of eye tracking, they found out that they're not actually seeing the ad and they're actually avoiding it with their eyes. And you can turn this off, right? So you could turn your phone off. You could turn a device off. You could not look at that billboard. You can't close your ears. Well, you can, right? But you'd walk around with your fingers in your ears <laughs> and you'd look like a, you'd look silly. So there's a responsibility there from a fatigue standpoint that we have to only choose the appropriate moments to use this. Mm-hmm. So in Sonic UX, there's a, there's a thing called alarm fatigue. And it happens mm. in hospitals all the time. And hospitals are a, a great example of who could benefit from a Sonic strategy. Um, and medical the, device companies, too, that are supplying. Absolutely. Yeah. That, yeah, that, so that create all of those different alarm sounds. And it, there's, yeah. yeah. The use of harmony and dissonance in medical is it's it's coming along. But imagine an easier way to create a calmer environment that we perceive as humans to be harmonious. Now, it takes coordination across like multiple manufacturers sure. to understand how to make this harmonious. But even even from the, the lowest end of this to create an, an, an alarm or a beep that is at least somewhat pleasing to let you know that all is well, rather than, hey, I'm a beep. And if you can consistently hear these somewhat dissonant rhythmic things happening, what's that going to do to your blood pressure? What's it going to do to your need to be medicated to keep your blood pressure down in a situation where you're supposed to be healing? The hospital room is like the worst place for healing. That's a great point. And these are things that you could do to solve that. That's incredible. I I love that example. You think of the stress that families undergo and that care providers can undergo as well. Like you mentioned alarm fatigue. At some point, nurses and providers, I'm assuming, learn just to sort of ignore the alarms that aren't relevant. Absolutely. And one of the reasons our team at Untold Content knew we needed to partner with Gwen Sound to create this podcast is because of your view of innovation that you are working with innovative companies, you're working with brands, um, you're thinking about how to essentially create more visibility for Sonic user experience. 
to your point, uh, so 80 to 85% of brands say that music and sound is really important to them, but only 15 to 20% actually have a sonic strategy. That is so yeah. interesting. So it's important. But what Adam said earlier, it's like until it really feels like a pain point, getting them to actually act upon that understanding is, is probably not going to happen. Well, and having access to the talent and the resources and the strategists to bring that to life, I assume, is a pain point. Because, again, I don't want to say anything negative about the branding agency world, but you turn a corner on any major city in the U.S. Yeah. and you will see a branding agency. Yeah. You won't see a sonic brand partner. Right. So I think this world is emerging mm -hmm. and you are at the forefront of it. And it's it's really critical to to kind of turn to experts like yourselves to to help help you sort of see what's possible yeah. with your brand. Well, thanks. We couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> <laughs> well, you well know and I, I speak from experience, right? This podcast, the the music, the custom. Uh, so what do you, you call it? Something different, not custom music. Yeah. Uh, yeah, branded music, custom music, branded Ori themes, original theme. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Theme. Everything that Identity. you hear throughout this podcast from an aural perspective is thanks to our partnership with Gwen Sound. Um, and you do far more complex work than just, you know, podcasts, uh, intros. But so so share some of those stories with with us. The interesting thing about, you know, the development of these sounds, it's about how do you know what is going to deliver the emotion that you're looking for, whether or not it's going to calm somebody down or get somebody fired up or really get them excited. And I think that's the cool part of the work that we do is understanding these cues and how human beings respond to certain audio cues goes way back to the beginning of time. And um, I think, Adam, if you want to talk a little bit yeah, more about that. Yeah, sound tells a story. It does. Yeah. Yeah, so it has its own innovation story. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it really does. So I, in my brain, I kind of split it up into like survival and art. Um, and that really comes from the two different places in your brain where you process sound. From the standpoint of survival, if you were to hear a low-end rumble of like a avalanche or a tornado or something like that made in nature, whatever's making that sound, us as people are like, that is bigger than me and I need to get the hell out of the way. Right, right. right? I need Go. to take cover, I need to find a cave, got to get away from this, you know. <laughs> the bear growling is like, wow, that's a really deep voice. I should probably take off. <laughs> um, and in turn, uh, higher pitch sounds like birds chirping, you know, the slight wind through, through, the, through pine trees um, whistling softly says all as well you know you can come out of the cave you're you know no birds are going to be flying a tornado and if they do they're going to sound hilarious <laughs> like so in nature that happens yeah. and so that's our survival instinct but in music you can convey similar things um if you think for instance just uh, an easy example would be like the the low strings of jaws right so it Jaws. Oh dun, no! Dun, 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 right. Dun, yes. Dun, right. Yes. And so, no. What that says to you is like whatever's going to happen is big, right? Just dun, dun, it's bigger than you. And also, the melody says it's inevitable. Yes, it's like, coming. Yeah. No matter There's what, no you can escaping. do nothing about this because it's it's mighty. It's big. You know, it's the deep rumble of the tornado, or it's this avalanche. It's this thing larger than you. Whereas high strings, flutes, other textures like that, they're more flighty, they're light, they're, they're approachable, they're easily, um, you know, easily understood as something that's, that's, that's safe and happier. Um, and so that's, it's a very broad, you okay. know, really broad explanation for this, but... No, it's, yeah. it, it's instinctive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So translate that 
for my enjoyment. Translate that into different brands that we might recognize Mm. and how that feels in a brand. The easiest way to probably look at some of this is kind of holistically. So if you were to think a financial institution um, where the expectation is that they are solid, right? They're steady. They're not going to... Reliable. Right. Um, you know, the, I'm the, giving you my money. Please take good care yeah, of it. Yes. Yeah, you're, you've uh, you got a gigantic responsibility. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be very whimsical. And so there is going to be a, typically an institutional element, although you might be able to wear that on your sleeve a little bit, depending on your brand character. Sure, but sure. But even, even in, you know, if you think of farmer's insurance, where it is this, like, that we are farmers, right? Bum, ba-dum, bum, bum, right? Bum. It's, that's pretty, it's tongue-in-cheek, right? And it's just a chorus of, of dudes singing <laughs> this. But what they're singing is very straight, very classic, you know, and it's, you know, we are farmers, you know, and it's and it's this very straight classic thing. I think that does a really great job of balancing out this straight institutional thing with something that's a little bit more approachable. You know, I think to relate this to more traditional branding, I'm thinking of the Geico Gecko, yeah. since we're talking about insurance yeah. spaces and how what they're actually dealing with is disaster and heartache and loss. Yeah. But... That's really interesting how over the years, branders and teams within insurance agencies have sort of just turned uh, turned that around a bit. I like how you're talking about balance. Um, yeah. It can't be too light and fluffy. It's not, it's not the same yeah. brand experience as going to buy an iPhone. Right. But at the same time, just because your vertical is dealing with something incredibly serious or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, even heartbreaking there's yep. uh, there's actually sort of a an ability to utilize leverage to give people hope or to yep. to help them mm-hmm. feel again you need to balance trustworthiness with uh with the sense of hope i think yeah yeah and so i see th- a lot of creativity in the insurance space in particular <laughs> yeah this. insurance latched yeah. on to sonic identity like way yeah. back and they yeah farmers i mean with they may as well just be saying Please don't worry. I've got your back. You know, which is essentially what they're saying. Yes, right? yes. Okay, then I what mean, is the Geico Gecko saying? Well, you know, if you think about the music that supports Geico, I think people would have a hard time coming up with what it is. So the Gecko itself is sort of the representation of the brand, right? And that's really to get you to remember Geico. Yes. So Gecko, Geico, right? But the interesting thing to me is the accent that he brings. So now it's sort of a tone of voice. So it's just like people respond well to like, like the English accent, Australian accent. You know, I think I believe that the that the gecko is an Aussie. Yeah, Does I think know? so. An Aussie. I'm horrible. Seems right. <laughs> it definitely, or if not British. <laughs> but, it's, yeah, maybe, yeah. but it's it's very inviting. Right. It it's seems Australian. like oh, yeah, okay. I'm 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 responsible and I'm I'm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm insightful. I'm intelligent. Yes, you know? yes. And I'm more you than anything. Me. I'm non-assuming. You know? <laughs> it's approachable, right? It's approachable, approachable yet smart. Yeah. So I'm approachable. Does it throw you off at one point in time though that that that, that the gecko has three separate um, campaigns running at the same time with three separate, like, somewhat iconic things happening? So you'd have the cavemen bit happening at the same time as the gecko bit happening at the same time and and for a while i kind of thought it was 
I mean, I thought it was genius enough because I, I think what this what the, this all culminates and kind of boils down to is understanding how to communicate communicate to the expectations of your consumer. You know, because if if the brand were to just say, you know, we are farmers, right? If or the brand were to just say, you know, this is who we are and who we represent, without any lens of the consumer, you'd have a completely different outcome than you would when you when you deliver to those expectations and let them dictate, let the consumer, let the research dictate what they expect of you and then counter that against who you are as a brand. That's when you come up with really great fits and things that work. Um, but I think that's, that's probably what we saw with, with Geico, with that, with that campaign, but that's also like on the Sonic side, what you do all the time, every, you know, that's the, the goal is to create that connection and you can't do that unless you have a full expectation of what your consumers, who they are, what their values are, what, you know, psychographically who they are and ask them, you know, research it and test it and understand, understand that relationship. Yeah. That's, you know? that's incredibly important. It's, we wouldn't be able to do the work that we do if it didn't start with the brand fundamentals of, with the brand providing us with their brand fundamentals, their brand character, um, and all of the brand attributes that went into developing their visual identity, as Adam talked about earlier. Um, so well, I think our biggest story of innovation is the development of the, the Brandsonics tool that started six, seven years ago. You said brand, the Brandsonics tool. Yeah. So yeah, that, tell us more about that. That's kind of our intel inside. Uh, this was started by Adam uh, way back in 2000, I want to say 2012. Around there. Yeah. yeah. And essentially, it's an algorithm that takes the uh, brand character and all of your brand fundamentals and your brand attributes, puts those into this in, into this uh, tool, this secret sauce tool, this algorithm, and essentially uh, the outcomes are your sonic attributes. So then we build music and sounds to those sonic attributes, but without that, the tool to be able to help us interpret that association between sonic and brand. We wouldn't be able to do work that was on equity. Yep. Okay, I know you can't tell us the whole picture of the secret sauce, but can you give us a little more? Yeah, a little more detail. Yeah. So, uh, what that looks like? Yeah, so it's it's understanding. It's basically building and understanding these brand facets that we work from, and as a uh, just nice long list of brand facets that we work with brands to understand their relationship to, um, and from that is inevitably we're going to bubble up to have these ones that that really matter to them. Um, we have this list of brand facets kind of locked in. Um, it's research-based that, that you know, you can cover the gambit of emotions with this list of facets. So in some ways it's emotion-based. It's all emotion-based. It's absolutely okay. emotion-based. So it's, we're talking about like, uh, if you think, if you think someone says, well, I'm exciting, you know, my brand's exciting. What kind of exciting? You know, is it like up to date exciting? Like, you know, that's that's an exciting thing. Like you're on trend or are you just kind of zany and wacky and are you out there? Like <laughs> that's, that's a different excitement, you know, in a completely different tone. And so to understand this in a very nuanced level really paints a picture on something that you can operate to functionally um, past there. Um, I mean, the whole goal of this, the whole goal of of why this exists was to remove the the subjectivity of the decision making on music. Everyone says that music is so subjective and everyone's, oh, it's real subjective. Well, so are colors. Colors are subjective. Oh, no, but there's color theory behind that. Right. As there is music theory. 
it all lines up completely. And, and the folks who say music is so subjective, it's just because they haven't taken an objective lens to it the same way that they've taken it through their visual identity. And so what this tool does is it enables us to go through and and even even to those who still believe it's very subjective, a very subjective choice, it takes them through an exercise that at least it at least expands the decision making to a point where we can now understand why we're making these decisions and why yes. they're appropriate. And then we can use that same tool and those same profiles produced from it to test the assets against. So we can we can then create these KPIs from there to say, hey, here's the profile, um, kind of these percentages of emotion that we want to hit on as a brand. And then when we test the assets back, they need to go through that. We need to understand and, and, and test res- and, and ask respondents, how are you feeling? And they need to test to those levels. So we're not looking to make, you know, it's not just a brand theme or, you know, with, with any deliverable. Basically, we need to make sure that, that it's within reason testing against that well and accurately. And this is where the user experience talent that you bring to the table really shines. I think when we're thinking about innovation storytelling and the role that sound can play in the art of innovation, all innovators agree that user experience is critical to creating the next right thing for users. Can you share with us some examples of the sonic work that you've done for particularly innovative technologies or experiences for your clients? Sure. We did the sonic UX for a device called the Tempo made by CarePredict. And what it does is it's worn on your dominant hand and it's for elderly to wear and it tracks their movements. So it tracks their movements and builds essentially a database of their normal daily activities. It also knows what room they're in and kind of what they're doing. What happens then on the back end of it, which is what's really amazing about this device, is the AI on the back will help predict when things are starting to go wrong. Mm, so it'll help wow. it'll help alert the caretaker prior to any health issue. Say if you are checking in on the person you're caring for and you're asking, are you eating well? And they say, yeah, I ate yesterday. I had dinner. You know, I, I had breakfast this morning. And, you know, they did. But maybe last week they were eating for an hour at a time. But this week they're only eating for 15 minutes. You, technically, they answered you. They're being honest to you. But something changed. And so this will let you know of those changes and say, eating's down a little bit. Maybe you should dive in a little bit deeper. And it enables the caretaker to go in a little farther. And the CEO's story about why they started it is great. It's all about him and his mother because he's the caretaker for his mother and went, I can help fix this and started this uh, as that as his inspiration. So it, they're really neat people and amazing to work with. Um, and so, so we were super excited to get to work with them as well as the challenge of the device has no screen and it just has one button. And so it's really easy for the user to use, but there's no visual feedback. And so we had to develop a system to help communicate a myriad of messages just through through sound alone. So we got to develop the sonic identity for the brand and then roll it out through their sonic UX, knowing that one of the sounds in here was going to be the banner for the brand. And so we knew one of them from the beginning was this was the sound that when it plays, you're like, ah, good. And we want that feeling to be the, the sound that the brand uses as its signature. Can so, we, can we yeah. listen in? Here is the, the brand's banner here. 
Nice. Yeah, so that's the banner. For us, those uh, we always think of a brand's banner, their signature, their mnemonic as the tip of the iceberg. You know, any any little thing that went into that is is significant. There's there's a reason why it fades in. There's a reason why it's coming from somewhere. There is there's a reason why it tails off. Um, as well as the melody choices here, we definitely know with Care Predict that we never wanted to tell someone to do anything. Right. We right. always wanted to elicit a response out of out of care and empathy and something that was typically soothing. So even when things are wrong or when the battery's low or you know, or 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 possibly that it's missing. It never is an alarm or an alert that's jarring because the understanding is that you're in someone's house, you're on them and you're in their home. And that comes with the responsibility of making sure that what what sounds you make there are appropriate and aren't going to get in the way. Even just hearing that for a few seconds, it strikes this beautiful balance between informing and and sort of revealing that there's something to be done. There's some kind of action to be taken. My my brain triggered a little bit of like, I need to be acting in some way, but it also didn't feel alarming. Yeah. It felt uh, sort of caring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the easiest way to sort of sum up what we do in that space. So when we're creating music and sounds for a brand, we're trying to strike the balance between what does the brand stand for and what is the desired consumer response that we're trying to get? Yes, yeah, you know? absolutely. And we know that human beings are going to respond emotionally. And so there is, like we talked about earlier, in terms of where this all began and how human beings are conditioned to respond a certain way. So we're, we're really balancing that with who is the brand, what is the brand's equity, and trying to fuse those two. Um, so when that comes together, it's music to everybody's ears. Let's hear more. All right, here is here's low battery. And that's as, as dissonant as this would get. All right, what else you got? So the device doesn't have a screen. So it's just one button on there. And you can actually speak to people through your device. So if you press your button, you can call your what, what would be your caretaker or it's called a concierge call. So it's like a request. I'd like to, you know, I'd like to speak with you, please. And this is um, what plays if you press that to ask for a call. Lovely. So once the concierge has answered their request, this thing will say we're done speaking and and all is well. So harmonious. Inclusive. Yes. Yeah. So there's a little question in the concierge call and there's resolution in the resolve. There's always a bit, like you said before, caring. Um, there's also kind of a bit of calm and a little bit of zen that's in there. Um, and so musically what notes we use and the textures we use for this brand will never stray from from that. We've carved out a voice and we've carved out the sandbox of what can be used for this. Um, and that's not to say that we couldn't expand it over time, but incrementally. I am always amazed when I talk with the two of you, Dan and Adam, because you sort of speak a different language, a, a language that's aural and sonic. And it's incredible to me, the talent you bring to the table. What got you into this? I think, I mean, I can speak for me. I can probably speak for the rest of the team, too. We're all musicians, number one. So I, there's a there's a there's this passion for music and sound. Um, and we've all been doing it for a long time. But then I think there's also this incorporation and understanding of uh, brand development and marketing. So we've also been working in within music for brands for, for many years as well. 
So I think there's a there's a combination of both experience and passion and uh, which all led to the development of of the brand Sonics tool and then also led to the tremendous amount of fun that we have every day <laughs> doing what we love to do and what we know how to do. As one of your clients, I just want you to know I feel that and the level of creativity and um, an intellect and strategy that you've brought to the creation of our sonic identity at Untold Content, I've been amazed by it. And obviously, we're having tons of fun talking about innovation, tech, and the future sounds that we should expect sort of be incorporated into our lives. Can I ask, Adam, what inspired you to, to get into this kind of work? Oh, it's it's I think similar to Dan's answer. It's It's I've always been a musician. I've played. I was a music major in college um, and, you know, produced and recorded artists since I got out of school. And you have um, a really impressive setup here at the studios, by the way, where you're recording artists all the time, doing voiceovers for movies that we've all heard of, Hunger yeah. Games and others. And um, But on top of it, you also work with brands in this way. So we haven't even touched on all yeah. of the sort of music and, and voiceover work that you do uh, as well. And he won't say this, so I'll have to say it for him. And he's an incredible... <laughs> go go uh, ahead, Dan. Well, tell, us, tell us like yeah. it is. <laughs> you can't see Adam blushing. I'll but, have uh, him on the back. He I, won't do it himself. But no, he's an incredible audio engineer on top of that and really understands the nuance of how to get the most out of a studio, a space, a live room, as well as the musicians in it. And he's also a Grammy-nominated audio engineer. So... You weren't going to say that, were you, Adam? <laughs> you, you weren't going to. You were going to tell us about the Grammy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 great. I have trouble talking about it. If you can't tell, um, I, I, but why did you get into this? Why did I? Yeah. Well, because I I couldn't I couldn't see myself doing anything else. And it has it's never been you know it's never been an easy path. Um, believe me, I've tried to do other things, and <laughs> and it just doesn't. They don't pan out. Um, <laughs> And, and it, it's it always you're an alien in a foreign world it, it when you're always, not talking music yeah, and sound. It, exactly. <laughs> it, it always came back to this. So aside from producing music for this long now, uh, there was there was a point in time where I did get to spend working internally at, at P&G doing uh, virtual design reviews. So my, my clients were brand managers and design managers, and and we we helped guide the decision making process for for design. Um, so the service that we ran in there. And so it wasn't without that at one point in time along the way that we, that I'd never, I, I wouldn't have had the lens and or perspective to understand how to build the parallels between the music decision making and the sonic identity decision making as it, as it works for bigger, uh, more sophisticated brands. Absolutely. So. Yes, that, that makes complete sense. Okay, as we go into the future and consumers and users expect more connectivity, more integration of technology into our everyday lives, what do you predict in terms of the role that sound will play? I mean, there, there's a lot of research out there that voice activation is mm -hmm. going to dominate. What are your thoughts on – to me, this seems like it's going to just increase in its importance. I think it will. Um, and it's happening already, right, through advancements in the audio, audio technologies that you just mentioned. And I'm sure there'll be others. There's so many more places now where you can hear a brand without seeing it than ever before, right? And with Bluetooth and automobiles since 2007, 2008, um, people are using that that time in the car, right, that additional capacity in the drive time commute to and Absolutely. from work to multitask. And they're bringing in uh, news information uh, entertainment through audio uh, when there's no screen there. 
And so I think that's only going to continue and music's going to, and, and sound really, not just music, but sounds and sounds that are identifying brands and even, who knows, maybe even um, uh, efficacious components of brands or some of the things that their products actually do for you is going to come through, I think, in sound. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm really excited for um, to be able to connect you with our listeners and for the innovation community to start thinking about aural identity, sonic identity. If you're not doing so already, as you're building your next prototype, as you're thinking about the user experience, do not forget yep. the power of the sounds behind that work and, and that experience. Yeah. What are you really saying? What's the strategy behind it? And I think I think as more of these smart speakers pop up and as as more brands dive into a branded content space and they're actually creating more things that are going to exist in like a screenless execution, um, you're going to see the need. There's the, the need's going to pop up. We're going to be able to see people um, who really excel and do it right. And that's going to be inspiring. And you're going to see some folks probably stumble along the way before they find the right way out. Um, but I, I think yeah. there's great opportunity out there for brands to no make sense. And, and brands are getting smarter. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. it's not just about when there isn't a screen there. It's about how are you optimizing it when there is a visual as well. Today, are you arbitrarily picking music and sounds that's supporting that video? Are you being really conscious about it and smart about it and, you know, identifying the right music and sound to go along with that video to optimize what you're trying to, yes, what you're yes. trying to accomplish and with carrying that, that then across product use, across yep. environments where, uh, it, where they're using the product or not. Right. So there's a lot of opportunity yep. to sort of to really leverage this in smart ways. And um, I'm really honored that I had a chance to talk with you, Dan and Adam, mm -hmm. about Likewise. this and learn more about Sonic Identity. It was a treat. Thanks. Yeah. We yeah, love thanks, working Dan. with you. Too, yeah. By the way. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you can check these guys out at gwensound.com. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to follow us on social media and add your voice to the conversation. You can find us at Untold Content. Untold Content.